Hello and welcome to the Global Skiing Podcast. This is Tom Gelly, your host, and it's been a little bit of a while since I posted uh, an episode, but I'm back again now in the middle of the Southern Hemisphere winter, and this week I've got Klaus Mayer. Is that right? Mayer? Mayer? Actually, you say Mayer. Mayer, okay. Klaus Mayer from uh, <laughs> Austria on the other line. He's actually uh, Skyping me from New Zealand, so welcome, Klaus. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for getting in touch. Yeah, yeah, it was a pleasure. I've uh, kind of heard of you uh, mostly through the internet because you're quite an internet sensation and um, you've got some uh, cool kind of products out there in terms of online ski instruction um, as well as a pretty long career in uh, in the skiing world. So I thought um, if we could start out first, if you could just give us a bit of your background, like where you started and um, what got you into this industry. Yes, um, thanks. Um, I come from a little town in Austria called Schrunz and um, started ski instructing at age uh, 16 and then studied sports in Vienna and after university went to, after I finished university and finished my Austrian level three, I went to Mammoth, California. Uh, first just wanted to go for a season like many do and then decided to do it for, for longer. And so I did six winters in Mammoth and in Mammoth was also where I filmed uh, my first instructional video, which I published then in 2008. And that's where I pretty much decided that um, I want to take, make this my full-time profession. Uh, in the summertime, I was coaching some uh, ski racers. I was their ski tech coach. And through them, we then decided that we wanted to train more in the summertime. And that's how I came to, to New Zealand, to Wanaka. Had a friend who was uh, running a very successful race program at Travel Cone, the TCRA. And so I brought my athletes into the program and worked for them. And then mm-hmm. uh, after two years of doing that, I then they asked me if I wanted to run the snow sports school. And that's what I've been doing now for the last eight years. And um, yeah, so skiing 200 days a year. And uh, now I spend the Austrian winters uh, in my hometown again and uh, coach on the Alberg and in the beautiful Montafon. And the summers I spend in at Treblecon and in Wanaka. Great. And mm-hmm. do, you, do you have a family? I have a little daughter, uh, Tia, which is five years old. And um, they used to come with me but couldn't make it this year. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're one of a few kind of managing to make a year-round successful kind of profession out of this, uh, out of this ski industry. Do you, do you attribute anything to being able to do that, to kind of having a, a decent job in the Southern Hemisphere and the Northern Hemisphere winter? Yes, I, I definitely think it's a, um, a great thing if you can ski year-round and if you um, really do something, if you can really specialize in uh, what you love to do. And um, I think that I saw that in my own skiing and in my own teaching that it definitely makes a difference if you can can do it year round. Yeah. And I mean, do you have? Did you feel uh, like are you are you a very driven person? Um, did you have good management skills beforehand? 
like do you did you see anything that maybe separated you from maybe some of the other peers your other instructors in Austria that meant you were able to keep doing this now for I don't know how many seasons you're in now yeah I think in general if you if I look at my team here at TC as well I think instructors in general are uh, very creative and very um, if I look at the, all the ideas that come out of my my team of instructors I think the ones that keep doing it they they had to learn to be creative and find ways to make money and um, to make a living with what they with the job that they love to do and mm -hmm. that was also certainly one of the moments when I after university I started to be a, a PE and a mathematics teacher and then I went to Mammoth and I really loved it there it was awesome and uh, you know my parents spent a lot of money on my university and I had to explain <laughs> to them every season guys I I really want to go back to California and do another season yeah. and uh, so one of the things to that drove me to make my own instructional was certainly also to figure out what can I do to share uh, my skill, what I believe I, I was talented in with more people and and uh, build a business out of it and actually make it uh, pay my bills uh, year round. And so that's that was one of the first thing then to to decide to to uh, produce my instructional DVD at um, at Mammoth. Yeah. So so was there anything that like did someone say, hey Klaus, you should make a video and and sell it online like what was how did that all start how did the sofa ski school start no it was pretty much just my my own idea um when i started doing it a lot of my colleagues looked at me and thought what what are you doing now and you think you're you're special uh i think it came more from just uh i really like the job there i it's quite different to teach in the u.s compared to austria in austria you have customers for a whole week and uh in the u.s the you had to, in a way, work much harder to uh, move up in the request list to make a living with it, to to have return clients and all these things to get decent tips. So uh, at the, in the US, I often had three or four different lessons on one day, and uh, I thought I thought that was a really good opportunity for for improving my teaching, and I tried to. To teach a similar lesson, but change the one or the other thing, and try to come up with a way of how I could uh, help people most efficiently. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think through that, I then thought it's actually what we do, the mistakes that we deal with, the bad habits that we try to change, are very often the same, and uh, they're not that many. And so that's where the idea, I, the idea came up that I thought it would actually be fun to. To make an instructional video where I show the the three most common bad habits yep. and my solution on how to how to work on them, how to change them. Yeah, cool. So mm -hmm. I guess if people haven't heard of the Sofa Ski School, do you want to maybe give a bit of an outline of of what it is and who's it for and mm -hmm. that sort of thing? Yes. So it started with that video that I filmed at, at Mammoth, which is. Um, uh, an interactive application where I first have a chapter where I show what not to do. So I demonstrate the wrong, uh, the bad habit. And then if people think that's them, that if they recognize themselves, they can then uh, get to the lesson that should help them with that. Yep. So that was that project that I did there at Mammoth. I, um, I filmed that just with a, a friend of mine um, who 
filmed me for a week and then edited all myself on my laptop and then put it on YouTube. And I think in 2008, I had 100,000 hits and was <laughs> the, mo the most viewed uh, ski instructional on YouTube at that time. Is it so, up, it's, I read somewhere it's up around 3 million hits or something now. Yeah, I think over. it's still... I think the the that one lesson I put up is still the most viewed one. Yeah. But I, I think, and that's a good thing as well. If you sing, if you have a look how how many uh, how much material is out there. Yep. Uh, and I think it's. I thought about it myself that only in two thousand and eight, with a hundred thousand hits, I was I was the in the lead. Yep. Shows shows how much uh, more material is now available to people, which is a great thing, I believe. Yes. Uh, so that more people actually can uh, get educated and find out that there's a lot more to learn about skiing. So, and same, uh, same with that blog as well. I, I really like the idea and I think it's a great thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so that was that first DVD that I made. And then um, out of that, I, I sold my first DVD. I burned every single DVD on my laptop and I <laughs> sold it, sold it through my self-made website uh, in combination with a free ski analysis. So people could send me their ski videos and I would then uh, make a little clip, edit some lines and uh, write them an email on what I think they should work on and uh, what they should do. Yep. So that was the beginning. And then out of that, um, I then grew a website where I now offer online ski analysis where people, again, can send me their videos and I make them an edit. Um, and I offer training planning. I offer now my videos also for on, on demand. And um, I also now do uh, ski improvement camps in Austria as well as New Zealand, which um, I have grown quite a lot in the last five years and which have been uh, very successful as well. Yeah, cool. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So now if someone comes along to your website, they basically can sign up. Uh, is it like a monthly thing? Is it just a one-off, like depending on what they think they want to work on? Uh, the way it works is that people can, can buy my DVD. And if they buy my DVD, they also get access to my member area. Uh, where I post uh, videos and articles and um, try to add additional content for, for my customers. Um, on my, webs my website is basically like a, a ski school that is uh, online. So mm -hmm. you can get, you can send me your ski clips and I will uh, send you a training plan. Um, you can buy my videos together with the analysis. I can tell you, watch this chapter, have a look at these exercises. And um, the videos, the way I do the, the analysis is that I, with voiceover, and I record their video and then do frame by frame, do slow motions or cut out body parts. Cool. So it's, it's, uh, it has developed quite a bit over the last years how I do that. And uh, it's basically running, offering the same products that a ski school offers, only just... Uh, for the sofa and from my yeah. desk. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So I guess uh, that leads me into asking you, what what would be your kind of top favorite drills and exercises? Like, what are your kind of what are your main go tos that seem to really either you are really good at explaining them or adapting them to the student, or that you seem to use a lot. Um. I think in general, the one thing um, that I find myself doing is that I, I don't do a lot of different drills. I, I, I think that for the customer, just getting the head around the drill uh, from coordination and knowing what to do when 
takes a bit of time and only after they got that covered, they can then start to focus on the technical element. So when I'm teaching myself, I, I really probably just over a day pick maybe three, four, five exercises depending on the situation. And uh, if I had to pick one that I, that I uh, start with very often is that uh, leaving the poles away and starting with the doing the knee touch, doing the hands forward in the initiation, yep. uh, doing the, my called uh, Superman drill, which I also covered in my first DVD. Yep. So just, I also, I prefer all drills that, that make things simple. I, I think as soon as it gets too complicated with moving the poles here and there, uh, it it's quickly it gets too much for people, I have the feeling. Yes, yes, yeah, definitely. So are there... Uh like when you yourself go out and ski, are you mm -hmm. are you yourself working on any particular elements of your skiing? Yes, certainly. Yeah. Um, it's always it always changes. You know, we do quite a bit of video here when we run our camps at Treble Cone. We uh, every morning from nine to ten, we train with the coaches, and then the camps start at ten. So. We take quite a bit of video and that gives gives us some good information on what's going on, where we maybe got a little lazy and what we should should change and work on. I think for myself, I, I don't have much time right these days. So I usually have a couple of runs in the morning where I can focus on stuff. So usually I do a lot of side sleeping, uh, doing things really slowly, starting out just with, with a lot of... Um, yeah, side sleeping, working on the etching, yep. trying to check where I am, where I'm at with my balance, uh, and then letting that go into into normal turns. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. certainly. So, I mean, have you seen? Do you feel your skiing has changed? You know, over the last ten years, very much. Yeah, I think quite a bit. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, yes, and um, I hope it still changes. I, yeah. I don't know. It's sometimes you know the. I have the feeling I'm skiing better now than I did uh, three years ago. But yep. uh, sometimes, you know, when you get older, that the, the reality gets a bit distorted sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in terms of that, what would you say? Do you feel like your, your pressure control, your touch on the snow, like your timing? What are you like? Are you more relaxed? What would you how would you say that it's different, that it feels better? You know, I think it just has changed quite a bit as well in the last last years. In my time from 2000 to 2008 in Mammoth, um, I was skiing mainly on my slalom skis. Mm -hmm. and, and I skied uh, on my slalom skied on the big powder days and on just all the time, more or less. And uh, now I'm actually skiing more on my, on my GS skis. Um, I think that, um, yeah. For me personally, it just uh, I yeah, it's it's uh, it's what I want to say is that it's it changes quite a lot also with what kind of skis you're skiing on a lot. Yeah, yeah. and um, I, at that time, at the beginning, my 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 biggest interest was really in in cutting the short turns as as hard as possible and getting the the short turns as quick as possible. Yeah, and and now I'm actually I think. Might have to do with age as well. I'm looking okay. more for a ski that is that I can use a little more universal. Yep. So I like to to do my short turns on my on my giant slalom skis and try to to get a lot of lot out of them and have a ski that I uh, also use on the big powder days with my clients and do short turns just as well too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you do uh, like 
how I guess this, this leads me into equipment stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you feel um, like do you do much modifications to your to your ski boots? Um, to your you know you talked about you you're now skiing more on a GS ski. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, are there any things you do with your equipment that you find is like really kind of crucial in making it easy to ski well? Um, no, actually, not that much. Uh, I have to admit that uh, I um, I always just try to ski with uh, whatever I got as as good as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I'm taking the boots the way they are. I have a great boot fitter. Uh, in in Schruns, uh, the which does a really good job and um, and with the skis I'm, I'm not making any any big adjustments any big changes I use with the customers I we try to we do use the different skis quite a bit to help them discover uh, where they're at with their balance uh, um, oftentimes I think the the skis that people are on dictates quite a bit how they do certain things. Mm-hmm. And if you see something going on, we then take them to the to the shop and put them on a different kind of skis to to create get the result to help them find the balance in a different spot. Yep. Uh, but I'm for me personally, I'm I'm that's the one thing that I'm uh, not doing a whole lot. I'm not I'm not playing with the with the material a lot because I was always told when I was a child a good skier can ski on anything. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot would there would be a lot for me to learn in this area. But I I always try to focus more on the pilot and not to yeah. do too much with the equipment. Yeah, I like that. That's good it kind of i guess keeps keep, keeps you versatile too because you're always you just you know how to adapt quickly to whatever you know yeah. equipment yeah. you're on and yeah make it work yeah so when you were uh training as a ski instructor were you at the Bundesportheim? yes i did my training in um in Austria, you do your level uh, one and two are done within the the state, and then the the level three is done in the in the ski academy in St. Christoph. And um, yeah, did my training there, and um, yeah, I had a great time there. Did you any any uh, kind of mentors or trainers that were really influential to you over that that time? Yeah, there were quite a few. Uh, if I look back, I think, and if we you talk to other instructors. And I think that's an interesting one because a lot of the our customers often don't realize it actually that uh, how much of a difference it can make to ski with a cer- certain coach. And uh, that's also what we try to tell them in our camps that they get the opportunity to ski with an outstanding skier that is uh, that is qu- something that is quite special. And I then show them we have a ski take evening and I show them the pictures of my level uh, level three in my terrible ski suit there uh, <laughs> in the group shot and in that group shot for example there is uh, Norbert Geisler who is who is a uh, uh, was quite an ins- very inspiration for me and I was uh, lucky enough to have uh, Michi Walkhofer, Heinz Schilchecker and Rainer Salzgeber in my group as well uh, three World Cup guys and I got to ski with them for six weeks in a group of eight which was definitely for me, quite an eye opener to to mm-hmm. be able to ski with these guys on the Alberg, um, and so there are a lot of my my colleagues as well in the camps here with like uh, friends of mine that you ski with and you watch each other like Andreas Spettel. 
It's always uh, amazing to watch guys like this, uh, what they do. You stand at the same slope and then you have your go. And uh, I think that's definitely how on a certain level um, and also for our customers, you can learn if you get a, a perfect image. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah. So do you have any uh, like stories at all from times of you when you went out training any particular ch particularly challenging days doing your startlicker your level three um yes i mean it was it was definitely just uh at the beginning i was just super excited i did uh in austria you can get uh the sondervermerk which is something for sports students if you uh pass certain uh ski courses you can do the level three and half of the time and that's how i got into that group with the world cup guys because the world cup skiers can also do it in half of the time and um, just uh, realizing then that you're now skiing in a course with the guys that you have watched uh, on the television a few weeks before like heinz schilkecker he just won the slalom world cup at that time and mm. uh, and afterwards did his level three ski instructor course so you know i was quite starstruck at the beginning and then a few weeks later, you find yourself in the bumps and the, and, uh, the coach says, let's do some bumps, poles in front of the body and uh, let's do it in pairs of two. And he asks Hans Schilchecker to follow me down the bumps. And I was <laughs> like, you know, I should go ahead. So really, yeah, so, yeah. you know, I was all was a bit proud. And then after after three bumps, I already wiped out and said, Hans, uh, uh, Hans, why don't you go ahead? And, <laughs> and so things like this that definitely um, were very special for for me and um but in general it was just um, great training and um what i in my instructor's course the one thing i i think i discovered most was that you need a lot of a lot of times my technique fell apart because uh, i just got too much too blue too too much uh lactate in my my muscles so i i worked a lot on uh strength endurance that i was actually able to ski not just 50 turns well, but 100 turns well. Yeah, so okay. That, so that was a big, big discovery as well, just to, to make sure that you have the, the enough, in, yeah, enough power to, to last and stay clean. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, because I think that's, that's one thing I have a lot of respect for kind of the Austrians is the discipline in their skiing and the kind of, I guess, the challenging exercises once you get to that high level of really varying the tasks so whether it's you know down something steeper or or bigger bumps with you know more challenging balance position like you mentioned with the poles and that sort yeah. of stuff i think that really helps to kind of make you a very adaptable all-round strong skier anyway yeah. I think I like drills that give you an instant feedback if you if you yeah, are right able wrong. if you're able to do them or not. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, do you use any particular bumps? Uh, sorry, drills in the bumps that you find are really helpful to give that kind of feedback? Um, no, not. Uh, I mix it up a lot in the bumps. I like to. Um, also for the bumps, uh, keep it fairly simple help people discover uh, what it is about, how to, to get the feeling for it. Um, a lot of times in my, in my work, really, um, when people come to me and say they want to improve their bump skiing, 
uh, I often find myself making the step back and first sorting out certain things on the groomer. Certainly. So to help them discover these things first before we then go into the bumps and try to apply it there. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, you so you're a ski instructor in Austria, but a ski school director in New Zealand. So um, yeah, how do your how does your role change? How do you how do you go with sort of the two different kind of positions you hold? It's it's quite different in uh, in what I do, uh, but quite similar because it's about the same thing. Uh, and I really like that change. I like my time in Austria where I where I run the camps myself. I coach the camps in Austria and I do a lot of private coaching. And then at Treblecone, I have a team of 80 instructors and um, there's obviously a lot more uh, managing going on. I'm still involved in my camps uh, here in New Zealand as well. Uh, but it's for me, it's a really interesting uh, situation to not completely lose touch with the, with the coaching and the skiing myself but also to uh, have the chance to, to change a few things uh, that I always, uh, yeah, to, to help my instructors do their job better. And I think that's what a good snow sports manager should do, just to facilitate them so they can do their job as good as possible. Mm-hmm. I have heard uh, from a few people that they really respect you as a ski school director and think you yeah, do a really good job. So. I think that's uh, mm. pretty cool to hear. I don't, you don't often always hear it, you know. You always hear the complaints come in. So yeah. I thought um, you should you should know that that you, <laughs> thank, you, you have a good reputation. Thanks for passing that on because in the daily business, you know, you sometimes, um, you know, you have to make sure that um, everybody follows the rules. So it's not always pleasant. But I think it's really key as a in a snow sports school that. I played a lot of football when I was younger, and I think the team is uh, sometimes you can have a team of great players, but it still doesn't work. So I think uh, working together well and uh, respecting each other and looking after each other are very important things. And mm-hmm. I think um, I think it probably also helps that they know that I'm just a ski instructor like them as well, and that I do the same job and that I understand their situation. Yeah. And um, I think what we do at Treblecone, there we have a lot of really cool things going on that are very much about the sport and about helping people get the most out of the out of skiing and like TC is a, is a great mountain uh, and if we tell people if you can ski treble cone you can ski anywhere in the world and I think that puts the, the snow sports cool in an especially important position because if we help our customers get the most out of the mountain then they will love it even more and so I think it's a it's a great mission that we have on the mountain and I have a I have a great team. Mm. Yeah, it seems like Treble Cone does have a really uh, strong culture about it with like the Rookie Academy there, your ski school and seems like that's definitely one of the, I don't know, top spots to kind of go if you really want to, you know, be a better ski instructor. No, definitely. It's, it's quite special just to be here because there's so many good skiers, instructors from all over the world and uh, ski racers. We have the Austrian ski team here. We have free skiers uh, that choose Treble Cone as their training ground. It's it's great to to be in a place where so many good skiers are for sure. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, are there any skiers uh, at the moment who you're kind of looking at and kind of inspired by? Yes, I 
definitely. I like, I really like the way, uh, you know, watch a lot of ski racing. And uh, in Austria, we, uh, the way we ski is and uh, what the ski instructors do and what the ski racers do traditionally has a, was always very close. And um, so uh, there's a lot of, lot of influence, I think, in both directions, which is also, I think, part of the success for for both areas i really like the way that that marcel hirscher skis what ted ligeti did in the last years was amazing i uh, love to watch uh, michaela schifrin who i believe is one of the the cleanest skiers and i'm really excited to see now uh, anna finninger anna fight come back in the coming season because uh, the way she skied before her injury was very special as well yeah mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. in particular with those skiers that you sort of like you're really drawn to? Um, I think in general, the, to, to watch them in the last years, how they, you know, the big discussion about the change of the skis and, uh, and how they then adjusted to it and how, how with the, the, like, especially in GS with the longer, uh, with the 35 meter radius skis, how the ones that technically skied cleaner and more efficient were then also the ones that, that were successful. Uh, how they all adjusted to that, I think, was great to watch. How how Hirscher is his king, the, the the slalom turn, how dynamic they are, how mm-hmm. how just in general, also guys from from uh, like Christofferson mixing it up and watching them apply different techniques and different skill sets and be fast at it. I think that's great to watch these days. I think ski racing has is especially interesting in these last years yes yeah so you're uh but nowadays you're you you don't do much coaching as much as just as ski improvement and um yes no i i'm not working with ski racers anymore but um what we do it the way we do our camps as well i think is uh, i have a lot of coaches in my team that have a ski racing background or that were coached themselves, that um, mm-hmm. know how it is to work on their skiing on a very high level. And uh, what we do in our program, we, lo- we use a lot of video and um, we try to offer recreational skiers uh, the professional coaching that uh, the athletes get. So it's not a not necessarily a, a feel-good program where we tell them af- after every second turn, you're doing great, you're already doing much better. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's quite an honest approach where we tell them that's what we think you should change and now let's go out and see how we can achieve that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, is there anything new coming up for you in terms of uh, like a new DVD being released for Sofa Ski School or, uh, I'm, or any I'm new current, camps? Or? What I, my goals now for the, for the next years, I... Um, I'm really excited about my camps, the way they run here at TC. Uh, we just had three, half three weeks uh, that were sold out. We have another two camps coming up uh, in late August. Um, I will. I'm currently working on some some new material because I both of my DVDs are both quite long. So my first DVD is uh, over, I think it's 80 minutes, and my second DVD is over two hours. And uh, in the time that we live right now, people often don't sit down and watch watch something for longer than two minutes. Yeah. 
So uh, I'm definitely I'm looking at uh, producing some shorter material, some material that I can push more through my Facebook page and uh, uh, maybe also through an app, yep. and um, and hopefully to then get people to take the time and and watch something that is a little longer, because I I I think that you don't really understand concepts and learn skiing. Uh, with some quick tips, it's uh, skiing is very simple, but uh, to really change things, you sometimes need to sit down and listen and watch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, take some time. Yes. So um, then, sort of coming uh, to a close, do you do you have any kind of advice that you'd say to new instructors? So, like, to say to the you know the twenty year old version of you back in the day of uh, what to do, you know, in the next few coming years in terms of training or places to go or any just words of wisdom? You know, I think they should definitely ski more like me and less like them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just had to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Can edit it out. No, um, I think it's uh, the one big thing that I uh, always watch is that uh, instructors often rush from from one certification to the next, and I think the the main thing, or one of the very important things, is to to gain experience, to to do the job, to get your hands dirty, to to teach uh, little kids, to teach beginners, to get uh, as much experience as possible while uh, upskilling and going for different certifications. I think I have a lot of applications that I get every year for Treblecone of instructors that have spent a lot of time in, in courses, but uh, never taught a lesson. And yep. that's someone that is, for me, really hard to hire because if I love a job, then I need to show my, my future employer that I that I have done it and I try to get experience at it if it's uh, freelancing or shadowing or you know yeah. so I think that that's a key thing yeah and um, I think for if my son would say he would like to become a ski instructor I would want to make sure that he knows what the job is about and that it's that it's um, not just about uh, working on your own skiing and becoming a great skier but that the job actually is uh, the love of teaching and the mm. dealing with people. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. yeah, that's good, good. And then to to the older instructors out there who've been doing it for a while, any any advice from no. you to to keep going? And you know, you, you, Tom, you, we both know that you have to be careful with the older instructor. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think it's. I just. It's been. I, it's hard to watch sometimes uh, how instructors uh, get treated by the industry and I think the respect where I come from, an older instructor, an older Austrian Staatliche was someone that you looked up to and that really from everybody in the village, in the community, got, a, got respect. Uh, and I think that's something we should really think about how we can, what we can do to keep it like this and uh, getting, getting paid a certain amount and... Uh, and making sure that the position of the, of the ski instructors and uh, the role of the ski schools on a mountain gets strengthened, that ski schools are not just uh, money makers for the companies, but that uh, the tourism industry actually realizes how important the job of a ski instructor is and how much we do for our guests. Mm. Uh, I think that uh, sometimes um, hurts me a little bit to see 
the development it it took in the last years, and I think there's a lot a lot to that we could do better there. Mm, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. it should be that 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 you can make a living as an instructor, and it should be that that um, what we do gets gets uh, promoted and gets the respect, and that people take lessons again, and that lessons are affordable as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so is there anything else you wanted to uh, talk about or mention before we kind of close up the, uh, the episode? Uh, no, just uh, come, and, come and ski with us at uh, Travel Corner or come and see me in Austria. And uh, I'd like to thank you, Tom. Um, like I said before, I think anything, uh, all these things that we do to uh, promote skiing is, is great. And um, uh, yeah, go out and ski. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess you, you could probably say the conditions are pretty good in Travel Cone right now, aren't they? Conditions are amazing, yes. Um, yeah. We have uh, o- over one and a half meters of snow in the saddle. The, the conditions have, are, are really outstanding right now. We have a slightly longer season this year as well until October 2nd. Yep. And um, I have uh, two more camps coming up and have a great snow spot school. Uh, Wanaka in general is a great area. If you have never skied in New Zealand, have a look at it and um, it's highly recommended. Great. And so if people want to get in touch with you, should they do it via your website or uh, Travel Cone Ski School website uh, or what? Yeah, people can uh, get in touch with me probably easiest through sofaskischool.com. Um, they, um, there's also information about the camps that I do and um, uh, my, my email address and contact form. Um, and that's probably the, the fastest way to get in touch with me. Brilliant. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, Excellent. thank you. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time out and um, chatting with me, Klaus. It was really good to meet you. And, uh, you know, by, by the sounds of it, you might have, you know, an application form from me in the future to come that work be... with, your, with your team. Sounds like an awesome team, really. Uh, uh, you get that across really clearly. It just sounds like a... Like you develop a good culture around your uh, your ski instructors, and so you probably yeah get lots of good returning people and and a good That's, good environment. That would be great, Tom. Uh, uh, we we focus a lot on training and on on sharing ideas and uh, working together, and I think that you would be a great addition to that. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time, Klaus, and uh, all the best for the rest of your season. Thank you very much, Tom. Some of you may already know that I've been advising Carve and working with the team for some time now. And this year, the team has come up with probably some of the most exciting developments to date. They've been working on representing the most fun parts of skiing in their system. They've developed three brand new metrics, progressive edging, early weight transfer, and one that measures the G-force in a turn. And that one, I have to say, I got to try it out this winter in Australia, and that is really fun. This new addition is going to be incredible for anyone who's looking to really push their skiing up a notch. Now, what's even more interesting for this year is the system now detects what terrain you're on and pulls that into your Ski IQ score. This is a huge change and a great upgrade because sometimes it would only really score well if you were skiing on perfectly groomed snow. Now it's going to accommodate and adjust whether you're skiing in steeper slopes, more chopped up snow or firmer snow. 
So this is a very big change that I think is massive kudos to the team to keep pushing and progressing the app even further. If you're the kind of skier that is looking for a tool to help push your technique that little bit further, then you should definitely check out what Carve can do. Use the code GELLIE15, that's G-E-L-L-I-E-1-5, to get 15% off for the next two weeks.